Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for seeing, thanks for tuning in, thanks for downloading, thanks for subscribing and following. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast for shining a light on bright ideas. Today, you're going to be loving this brand, Simply Delish. It is simply delish. And when you hear about the products, it's like amazing. Um, on the podcast today, I can't even wait for you to meet Martin Paminski. He is the CEO and president of Simply Delish. Martin, it's so great to have you with us. And you're all the way, you're down in South Africa right now. Thanks for joining us, man. Well, Justin, it's great to be with you and to share some of the experiences with you and to learn from you and, and just to give you some idea of what it takes to really muscle in and be a brand in North America today. I think uh, you just laid out the whole podcast for us. I love that. And uh, for those that don't know Simply Delish, you, you'll have to go check out their site and you're going to um, learn all about their products at simplydelish.net. Um, and Martin's been there. I mean, you're good, you've got some great tenure there and I can't wait to explore your background. Um, why don't we do that? Why don't we start with that, Martin? How about share with our audience a little bit about you and how you got into the industry? Rewind the clock for us. Well, first start off in South Africa, uh, got into the dessert business in South Africa by chance. I had I was in I was in an advertising market business. Somebody came to me and said, "Listen, if you sell my business for me in the photographic industry, I sold it to 3M." And we went to Argentina, found a friend of his who was in the ice dessert and brought him back to South Africa, and we started this Italian gelati. You can call it Freddo's, which was just this amazing product. And we took it to retail and then to food service. And I then at 28 re- realized that I was living in South Africa precarious times. Mandela hadn't been let, uh, let out yet. The sure. country was in a bit of turmoil. And I, I, I made the decision to move to Canada. My dad had a cousin there and, and I had some good friends who moved to Canada. And Canada was just really a good start for me to really get myself entrenched into, uh, into the North American environment. I had a, uh, I was introduced to a colleague of mine, Stan, and that's where Stanmark came to be. And uh, it was just one of those oh, journeys where it. he okay. was on the financial side. We were in the food, we were in the food business, and we landed up uh, importing at that stage products from all over the world. Uh, we were basically importing products from Australia, New Zealand, because South African sanctions were still on at that point in time. And as soon as sanctions were lifted with South Africa, we got the rights and the agencies for all the major food products. And one of the products that is really I've been representing now for 25 years is Ceres Fruit Juices. Ceres Fruit Juices is this 100% pure fruit exotic. Nobody even knew in those days what a lychee, mango, guava, (laughs) passion, and all these fruits were about. Totally. And uh, we introduced this to the market. And we also had to realize how do we get into the market? And we launched this as a kosher and kosher Passover product because it gave us four months of free advertising in store and allowed us to get into the North America without paying the huge listing fee. So that was our angle of getting into the store because you could not buy your space in the in, in, in the juice category. So we had to find a niche to get into that. And so we took that route with the part. At that stage, series was just a co-op. It then got bought by and merged with uh, South African breweries. And South African breweries, when they merged, then sold it to a company called Pioneer Foods. And Pioneer Foods, last uh, two years ago, sold this to PepsiCo. So I'm actually 
representing a brand that's been marketed and owned by PepsiCo, but PepsiCo are not involved directly themselves. It's a North American PepsiCo. They divested out of the juice business. This is a South African operation that is exporting to 50 countries around the world. And we have this amazing product that has given us the opportunity to get into you know, virtually tens of thousands of doors in natural specialty gourmet uh, stores across uh, uh, Canada and the U.S. And so when we were importing many, many products to the country, we never owned brands. Got and it. about eight years ago, that's when the journey really started. We said, listen, we have to come up with a brand that we can have ownership and control over. And we also have to find something that is unique to the North American market because there's so many variations out there and we have to find a space that's not being tackled. And with our investigation in the pudding and dessert category, no one was focusing on this category called no sugar, diabetic, vegan, keto, you name it. And we saw this opportunity. And we then started on our journey on how do we take this to market. And we were very, very fortunate. Uh, We went on our first show seven years ago. Whole Foods Buy came by the booth uh, together with the distributor and we, within three months, we were in store. Today, wow. that's a two-year exercise to totally. take the product to market. Right. So we were fortunate to get there. And our journey started Whole Foods, then Sprout. Then we started our online platform. And that's what's really transformed our business for us in this journey of where we've gone to date. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> what an incredible story. Um, I got so many questions. So uh, so what did you learn during the early days before you launched kind of your own product that you could apply? Did, in, in other words, how did you, what insights did you get from the early days of not owning the brand? You were kind of the distributor that you then could apply when you decided to launch your brand. Like what, what helped you fast forward that process? Well, first of all, we were working with a massive company at the time that had budgets to be able to do marketing, allowed us to get, get into, do some really, uh, in-store, in-store t- tastings allowed us to get to the trade shows and we invested with them. Even though we'd known the brand, we invested with them in the product and we were able to scale this business dramatically in an area where nobody had seen Tetra Pak in a, in a one liter. That's the one liter box compared to everybody that's gotten plastic bottles. Okay, perfect. I was going to have you explain that to our audience. Perfect. Continue, please. Yeah. And so for us, we we that was the journey, but I think the journey starts with how do you take a product? First of all, how do you find the gap in the market? And okay. that takes yeah. traveling Let's, around the world. Okay, so okay. Talk, unpack that a for us. So I, I want to hear. Travel the world. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I visit Australia, South Africa, uh, UK. I go to all them all the international shows, and I get, I was able to get this worldly experience, and then go to each country and say, what is missing? So that's why I set up a business in Canada, a business in South Africa, a business in Australia, where I could take products that were unique to that market and then find partners within that market to to market the products with me. And that's how I've just got this unique ability to be able to walk down an aisle, see a gap, see the world because we we, we have, and normally I'm five years ahead, so I'm always ahead of the case. So you've got to be able to know that it's not going to happen today and you've got to invest to be into the future. Wow. Amazing. Okay. So you had some idea of this category that others weren't investing in. Did you know it would work or it was, hey, we see a gap, we're going to go design some product around it. And how did you get started with designing that product? So 
everybody I showed this product, you said, are you out of your mind? This product has got no legs. My national distributor says, I'm not even, I'm not even thinking this is like one of Martin's wacky products. It's never going to work. Okay. And that's one of the things about product. You never know until you can find the best products. You go to Natural Product Expo. They've got the most dynamic products in the world. Limited ability to expand. Everybody thinks it's an easy business and they think they're just going to be able to find a buyer, get on shelf and take to market. Right. And that's the usual entrepreneur situation. And once you've gone down the road like I had, learning how to do packaging, how to do design, how to find the right positioning for the product and how to make our product look delicious. And then in addition to looking delicious, how do you make that product taste like the real product? Because you can have a sugar-free product, but most products, you tell somebody you've got sugar-free, they really are not interested. They say, so taste and sampling, the same way with series, everything was about sampling, tasting. And once people taste it, we had this journey of people referrals across the way. So we've we built the business on purely taking influencers. We've got 600 influencers that have got our product. They love our product. They go ahead and create these amazing recipes. And I'm no longer selling a product anymore. I'm selling a experience. I'm selling this great dessert that can be used for puddings, frostings, uh, anything that you want to use within a kitchen environment, whether it's your oats that you want to make uh, overnight oats, whether you want to make a smoothie, whatever you want to do with our product, there is a home for this product because it's such a universal product. And what's beauty is it is sugar-free and it's it, it, Virtually, you're talking about a product that is got is keto, so it's you know carbs, no, it, you know low carbs, three grams net carbs, you know, and and we launched this ready to eat product that had three grams net carbs under 100 calories, and that's another journey that we had to realize because we realized the category, okay, powdered products against jello, it's got a four foot or six foot section of store. How big is this category? Yes, it's a great category, but it is. But if you go and have a look at the refrigerated section of the store and you say, what is that category within refrigerator? That's a $400 million category. So we had to say, how do we get into that category that we don't understand? Because refrigerator is a whole new world. Right. And I think the journey started with my son because he really said to me, Dad, if you make my product for me, I'll eat it. <laughs> Just make it and I'll eat it. And, I, you know, and that's what really happened. I realized that ready to eat was the way for America because – in other parts of the world, people take cordials or what we call concentrates, they add water to it. In America, everything is instant gratification. You want to be able to have right. something you can pick up and take away. So I went into Costco, which was a strategic partner that we've had for many, many years, and I looked in their dessert section of the store. There were all these European beautiful-looking products, but had 48 grams of sugar, high in carbs, <laughs> very unhealthy, yeah. and they never had – there was a gap, a gap for a keto product. And we found a strategic partner, which I'd met at a trade show, uh, to help us do the development together with our R&D team. And we've come up with this product that when you taste it, it is just so dynamic in terms of what you would experience a keto product to be. And then when you taste it, oh, well, I've actually got a real dessert, but it is sugar-free and it's keto. Wow. Amazing. So, um Think back to the early days. Uh, you decide this 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 category is the one you're going to invest in. Um, did all th did you decide to start with one product or multiple products? What was your strategy around that? So we started originally in the gels because that is where 
we can't call it Jello, but in the Jello category because we realized that in that category, gelatin was a huge problem for many of our customers who worked with. Gelatin is made of this concoction of anything that you want in a in an animal that gets crushed into it, you find that that's really? what gelatin is, right? So uh. it's a very unfriendly product to put into it, okay? Plus, all the other products that are were sold were with this artificial flavors, colors, and were really mother, anybody want to get it, certainly wasn't a healthy alternative. So if you walked down the aisle, there wasn't a jello that existed in any store anywhere. In the, it just didn't exist. So we were one-of-a-kind product that came to market. So we were fortunate. Wow. So the gels were our first. We had four gels. We realized that this was somewhere else. But we also realized after we launched our gels that Americans love desserts. They love making desserts. And we realized unless we bring a dessert to market, so that took a two years from the time we launched our gels to then moving into the dessert category, we launched four, four, four desserts from there. And that then took us to a new level because we had one group which was Whole Foods who were our gel customer and then we had Sprouts who loved our puddings and this allowed us to get to market and wow, what's been nice. my, probably our best win, win ever happened because we were we realized that who is the biggest in the natural food arena in the supermarket business was you know if you Kroger group and we said they had approached us we looked at the caddy, we put our packaging in shelf, and it was white. And we said, listen, we're going to die. This is going to be an instant death. Okay, <laughs> explain why. Explain why, though, to our audience. Why did you know that would be instant death? Well, because when you go down that shelf, you wouldn't see us because they're the category leaders. They put us on the top shelf. You walk by and you wouldn't even see our product. We just would not exist. That's how we would be in a supermarket environment. We would be a lost soul. So we said, what do we need to do to get not only the get us into into Kroger effectively, but what do we have to do to get the consumer to really identify? And we also said we need to come up with a positioning statement that would give us a position that nobody else had. So we came up with this keto pudding and plant-based gel to allow us to position ourselves and we also realize vegan as well. Those were the three drivers in whatever supermarkets are looking for now. And unless you've got that on your package, they will not position you in store. So you can tell them you're keto, vegan, and you've got a logo somewhere, but unless it's on the front and, and you're addressing the audience, they are not interested. And we were fortunate enough, we just this last week, I finalized, I mean, so finalized, it's taken about two and a half to three weeks to get distribution from uh, our planning process, but we're now in 1,750 Kroger's wow. with eight SKUs. Now, I don't know what tell you what it would normally cost to get into those accounts and how, and we've been planning this launch now for the last six months. That's amazing. Um, when did it start get, getting traction? I, it's one thing to get in a, uh, some stores, right? early days, but was there a point when you all were like, okay, this is turning into a, a, a business now and we've got momentum? Like, what, How long from when you said we're going to make our own product to you guys feeling like, hey, you know, we've got something here? I would probably say it's four years into the journey, uh, to be honest with you, that you really four years of, of building. And, and, and I think when we decided to, to take the next bold step and invest in this online platform to be really 
we get to resonate with our customer, get to understand our customer and realize that we had a winner. We had something that was just dynamic. I mean, we were in Amazon, but that didn't give us ammunition as to who our customer was. But when we went, opened up our own website and we were able to connect with our customer directly and get to talk to them and see the journey of what we took. And then we had these influencers create the, 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 the movement which we have a movement now, people wow. who are either gluten-free, vegan, sugar-free, depending on the carry or they diabetic, each one has their own need as to why they buy our product. And at each stage, we've changed our ingredient to allow us to have a product that can be enjoyed by anybody anywhere around the world and any family member. They, they're not going to be discriminated. And anybody can take our product and use it with uh, our, our puddings with any plant-based beverages. Now, None of the other products allow that to happen. So you can take our product, mix it with a almond milk, coconut milk, uh, sure. soy milk, uh, and you can have an amazing product out there. And within, it's an instant pudding. So in three right. minutes, you've got an instant pudding to make. Amazing. Yeah. I love that. Wow. Um, so as you're thinking ahead, like, is it add additional products or is it get into more stores? Like, How do you think about growth where you are today? Um, I think what it takes is the first journey is how do you add value to your line platform where you can take from $40, which is our average order base, how do you take that to $50 to $60 more? And we realize that what are the key things that we're missing in our product, the likes of other brands are doing at the moment uh, in the keto space. And protein is one of those areas. So we are launching in the next two weeks a so vegan, uh, uh, basically, it is a plant-based using pea protein, fava bean, and our natural sweetener and uh, and 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 a flavor. That's it. There's nothing else in the product, and we're going to add so a consumer now can go make their own protein pudding. They can own, go make their own protein smoothie, and they can use our product in the in in different formats. So now we've got all these users using our product, and they're creating this content that they can use our protein as a breakfast on the go to start, as a smoothie on the go during the day, and they can add their 10 grams of protein along. And it will be in single serve, so they can use it. It's not going to be in a tub. It'll be a single serve opportunity to allow us to go. So that's that's the first, uh, you can call it a growth factor. And then we are in the final stages now of our frosting, and this is a huge category. And we've got frosting. There are many, there, I think there are two or three players in the frosting field but none of their products taste like any. They taste terrible. And we've come up with this delicious four-ingredient, ready-to-eat, shelf-stable product that we're running trials as we speak now, and we're going to be launching it to market as well. So oh that's gosh. really the journey Yum. to take us to the next step. I love frosting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's great. Um you mentioned the online platform and connecting with your consumers. Share a little bit more about that. I, I don't. I don't want us to uh, rush away from that. And how how has that become important to your strategy? Well, I think the first is you have to have a team, and I think that's the key. I actually yesterday spent the whole day in South Africa. I've got a South African team here that do our design work, our SEO work our video and editing brought back a whole lot of different brands for them to coordinate and do co-branding with us and do all our shooting. So we do that part. We then have a social media team for Saga House, 
really resonated with, and they've become our partners in really managing our influences and having personal contact with each one of them through training, through online, uh, you can call it uh, online uh, giveaways and and, and various areas. And then we've got our influences that we have that are part of our team and they create this content based on a theme that's coming up. So we just launched Butterscotch now. There's National Day Butterscotch coming up. We've now got a whole team working towards the Butterscotch side. So the team is what's so important. And what's interesting, the, the gentleman that, how did I get involved? Well, I was walking in Whole Foods, looking to get into social media and find somebody to work with me. And I found this gentleman, ex-South African, by the way, that was a, he was a brand ambassador representing a few nutritional brands. And he just had finished his digital marketing, but he needed a year to work with a company. Wow. Well, he came on board and he's been with me for five years. His journey has been two years in San Diego, two years in Toronto, and now he lives in Brazil. And then under it, we've got all the various things. But each one of those requires a separate, uh, I can say, team to be able to support each other because it's not just going on social media. And then we have somebody that places our advertising through through Facebook, through through TikTok and, and in that area. And we know that this is a huge investment, but we're fortunate enough that we've got other products to allow us because without those other brands that can and, and without having a company structure so difficult to scale a business because you've got to have enormous capital to take it to the next step totally wow um for those listening uh you know this is like uh, this is like the most unbelievable interview like i, I yeah I, you, you know i can ask a question and learn so much from martin it's just it makes it really really fun um this is part of why i love doing this podcast um martin we have a lot of listeners that are starting a business in the food space and beverage space and consumer product space. And you've done that. You've not only done it, you've done it multiple times and in, in, in here, uh, you know, you, you've really got a growing brand. What kinds of advice, I'll say advice, or what are the things that people do well that are that can make it and those that do not make it, what are the, the, the issues that they haven't thought about? So either offer us some advice or some observations of, you know, what it takes to, to build a, a new brand like what you're doing. So just to let you know is that when I sell my company, my, my goal in life is to support those people. I see this every day and I get people asking me this question often and I see this journey of how sad it is that you got these people that start up and within within a very short space, they are out of the business, and they and they've just not taken the basics. They haven't started. They've got a great idea. They haven't even gone to visit the supermarket to see what others are in the category. They haven't even investigated whether or not their product is saleable in terms of whether the price point that they want to sell at is whether they can even get to market, and they haven't actually gone to look at where can I best start. Because most of you just want to go out there and sell to everybody. And my advice to anybody is, if you're in an area where you live and you can be right where the action is, start there if you can start there. Because then you can be your personal seller, your personal marketer, and you can see the journey yourself. And only once and be focused. It's such an enormous market. If you're going to go into Whole Foods, if you're manufacturing in a certain area, let's say in the Midwest, you get preferential 
assistance to go into that store without having to go through the uh, as an international product. And you have the chance as a local product to meet with the the local retailer and get to do that. So if you are manufacturing wherever you are, that's where you need to start because you've got a complete opportunity without having to invest huge monies to be able to find out if you've got a start and whether your product is a bit, has, has got any scalability and whether it has repeat business. Because it's all very well putting a product on shelf. It is how much does that product sell the next week and the following week when you're not there. And you've got to understand that the demo is only about 50 people. Okay, that's not going to get sustainability. And that's why social media today has allowed us, so just to give you a good example of how we use social media, we went into Loblaws in Canada and uh, COVID hit and the buyer says to us, you got to spend another $20,000 to get sales because nothing's happening. We said, well, there's no one coming into your store. I mean, how do we get them to buy your product? And we said, well, we've got to have to find another way. And all we did is we spent $3,000 on a geo-targeting direct-to-store and to bring consumers to our product. And whether they order them online or how they got our product, we had a 40% lift in our product by doing geo-targeting. So I say to you, if you've got that ability to be able to use social media, use other media of education, go and do talks, go and see, and always talk to people who are already in your industry. I think it's people don't like to talk to others. And I learn every single day by going to talks, podcasts, listening to uh, leaders in the industry on what they have done right. And if you can pick up that one thing, that's going to help you be successful along the way. Yeah, (laughs) that's incredible advice. I can't believe, though, people would not go to a store and look at their category that they're thinking of going into or do some homework. But I think you're right. I, I, I mean... I know some people like probably rush in, right? And they don't they don't do the homework. They assume their idea is good and then they have not done the the research and investigation. Well, I think it's it's it comes down to they're more localized. So when you are in an area, you may go to your area, but that doesn't mean that that product may not exo- exist in New York or other markets across the country. So you've got to be able to, and I think trade shows are the most incredible. That's the other side, is that before you go to do a trade show, before you even think about launching, go to Expo West, spend time, not only in store, but go to the lectures, get to meet the right. retailers, what the retailers are Absolutely. looking for. Find out what you need to do to be successful. Find out about and talk to people on the floor that are in your category, what they're doing and how they got there. And then you've got a journey to work with. And that's that's if you're going into natural foods. And then you can go to the specialty food show if you're looking to go to specialty and go to one of the leading shows in New York. New York Fancy Future is a great yeah. deal because that's international. And then when you're there, go and visit the retail stores that are in New York. And then you get to see the Duna Lucas, Zabar's, Foodipura, and all the other retailers and say, where do I start with my business? So I'm thinking that that is really critical. Then you really know if you've got something that's unique or something that you've, you've built up that you think is unique, but it's, it, and, and, or there may be somebody else in that category that you never even knew. Right. It does happen often. And you've got to say, well, then I need to change my thinking or I need to change my positioning or I need to change my packaging to make it unique and different from what they have. 
Man, I love it. Um, for for those listening, you you could probably guess we could go for another hour. Um, but we're not going to. I'm gonna have to. I, I, Martin, you got to have you back on. I mean, there's just so much I'd love to unpack with you. I'd love to dive into like product. Um, I'd love to dive into like package planning and whatnot. And I know our audience would love that. So we're gonna have to get you back on. Um, and 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 unpack no pun intended some of those topics um super amazing uh just insight and advice from you i know uh you also coach others on in terms of how to think about uh product development and entrepreneurship and so i just thank you for that before we go though how about share with our audience where they can find your brand uh learn more about your products etc you can go to net. you can also go to stamontinational.com and you can also go ahead and go to our social media and simply delish natural. And you can go to any of our Instagram and really see what these wonderful creations have come about through our influences that I get blown every day seeing what they create. That's so great. It's simply delish. I mean, I, by the way, I love the company name because you can <laughs> say that in a sentence and it like it's the company. You know what I mean? It kind of it's just. It's awesome. Um, so Martin, so much fun having you with us today. Please, please, we must re- we must schedule more time. Um, I'm, I just I, I think our audience would really uh, value and and be able to learn from your experience around just different segments of launching a product. And so I think it, be, it would be really great to do that in the coming weeks. And I really just appreciate you spending time with us today. It's been amazing. Thank you, and yeah, I'd love to support you down that road and. As I say, each journey and whichever area it is that you'd like to get some insight into, I think we could really impact a lot to support others around you. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.